The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Part two of Running Backs. Before we get into that, give me uh, one movie... One sequel that was better than the original. What do you think? One sequel that was better than the, well, I mean, you're going to say Terminator Two. Oh, that, so. I wasn't gonna. I don't know why I didn't think of that because it's one of my favorites. But yes, a hundred percent Terminator Two. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I thought that's where we'd go. Um, Heath, I know Heath didn't like Rocky Two because Adrian was dead at that point. But <laughs> no, Rocky. Can I go with? Can I go with the Avengers Endgame? Sure. Sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Um. All right, that works. That works. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Well, you could say Rocky. Rocky Four was better than Rocky Three. Okay. I was gonna say Creed. Yeah, none of them are better than the original Rocky, but that's a topic for another show. Uh, part one was more of an overview of the position strategies. Part two is really just gonna be a lot of fun. We're just gonna debate players, and we're gonna go through ADP. You know, what's one- the worst sequel? <sighs> Well, I have never seen Godfather 3, but I've heard that's terrible. Rocky 5 is dreadful. And then you've well, got... I mean, I'm, I'm just saying just sequel. Number two. Oh, then number two? One to two. Ooh. Revenge of the Nerds 2 is really bad. <laughs> and then they just get... Police, all the police academies were bad after the first one. I don't know. It's a tough question. Let's go to ADP so people don't kill us here. Oh, Thomas had a good one. Caddyshack 2. Oh, Caddyshack is pretty bad. Be the ball, be the ball. Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler are picks two and three. We're using Fantasy Pros ADP. If we look at round one, we'll go round by round here. Uh, No Dave on today's show, by the way. Um, Round by round, Christian McCaffrey one, Eckler two, uh, Barkley is eighth overall. Bijan is ninth overall. Those are your four running backs who made the first round in Fantasy Pros PPR average draft position. I think if we did this a month ago, Jonathan Taylor would have been in there as well. I know a lot of people would have Nick Chubb in the first round, but right now, according to Fantasy Pros, PPR ADP 
It's McCaffrey and Eckler at two and three overall behind Jefferson, and then Barkley and Robinson at eight and nine overall. I'd like to start with uh, Eckler versus McCaffrey, and if there's anyone else that you think has a case for RB1, uh, Heath, what is your take? Who should be RB1? Yeah, I think it should be McCaffrey. Like, And I just was tweeting about this this morning. Like, If you look at the running backs who have averaged at least 16 fantasy points per game over the last three years, you can look at that three-year average in your CBS Sports Leagues. There's 11 of them. And McCaffrey is maybe the only one that you don't have legitimate reason to fear. He's a, he's a full year younger than Eckler. Um, we've seen him produce elite numbers with this system. I think there's a little bit of concern maybe that Eckler doesn't see as many targets in Kellen Moore's offense that's going to throw the ball downfield more. Um, so age concerns for Eckler, I think the injury concerns are pretty similar. A slight system concern. It, it's it's McCaffrey, and, and it's pretty easily him for me. Jamie, can you make – what do you think McCaffrey versus Eckler? And this is a PPR discussion, I guess, but let's expand it to other formats. Can you make the case for anyone else in non or half PPR? And not in half PPR, I would take Bijan Robinson over Eckler, and I'm struggling with PPR to take Eckler still over Bijan. I just think the upside for him, from what we've seen from running backs that profile like him, where he was drafted, plus you factor in the team that he's going to and just how much I expect them to run the ball, I think that he's got a chance to maybe be better than Eckler. And, and like he said, you're sort of banking on age, you know, being potentially a problem for Eckler, but also in the favor of what Bijan Robinson is you know, at this point in his career, his, his first season. So um, I, I I don't really hate when I see that happen because I've seen it happen quite a bit, mostly in analyst drafts, you know, where Bijan goes uh, in, in, in a lot of cases too. But I think you just look at what Eckler has done and you bank on that happening with a hopefully healthy offensive line, better system in place. And I think as we get, you know, excited about Kellen Moore's offense and what it means for the passing game, and I think Eckler benefits from that, you think about what the running game was in Dallas and how successful the combination of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard was. And maybe Eckler benefits from that as well, because I think as much as we always talk about his, his pass catching prowess, he does have a great ability to find the end zone on the ground as well. And that's something I think that's good gets overlooked for Eckler. Yes. Yeah. Well, one thing that scares me a little bit with Eckler is that he scored 20 and 18 touchdowns in the last two seasons you know, what if he just scores 15 touchdowns, you know, then he's not. Oh, darn. Only 15. But he's probably not going to compete for RB1 at that, you know. So if you're really, I, I don't know. I think you could poke holes in anyone. You said there are no concerns with McCaffrey, Heath. And by the way, I don't think, Jamie, that you necessarily said this, but McCaffrey's number one for you across all formats. McCaff McCaffrey's number one, but, you know, it's, it's again, it's very tantalizing to put Bijan Robinson there just because, again, if he hits to the level of what, Saquon did his rookie year, what Zeke did his rookie year, you know, what Gurley's done early in his career. You know, th those those guys are just a recent memory of, of running backs that were drafted in the top 10. Yeah. That's the type of player I think he can be. So, you know, you want to err on a side of err on the side of caution a little bit, you know, and obviously look at the depth chart because he was listed third. Um, but uh, I, I, I think just, you know, you know talking, I, it was funny because like I saw some of the tweets like Bijan's list the third. I'm like, yeah, well, obviously he's behind McCaffrey neck. I was like, oh, the, the team depth chart. The team depth chart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Morons. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, look, he's he's got the chance to be, you know, special. So uh, I think all three of these guys are great. Barkley's unbelievable. Chubb is unbelievable. But, you know, McCaffrey to me is the number one running back because when he's healthy, I think in this system, we saw it last year even with Elijah Mitchell being there. And by the way, you know, I, I, I know we've said it on the show, but you got to keep in mind, he's hurt already. 
Elijah Mitchell, and he yeah. did miss, you know, a portion of the games when these two were together as well. Um, in this system, in this offense, this coach, you know, he's he's got a chance to be dominant once again. So Heath, the the Mitchell factor, I know he is hurt right now. Surprise, surprise. But McCaffrey, in the six games that he played with Elijah Mitchell, he averaged sixteen point seven PPR fantasy points per game. In the five games he played without Elijah Mitchell, he averaged 25.8 PPR fantasy points per game. That's the difference between RB1 and RB7. Uh, you know, I, I'm certainly not saying that that's going to happen this year, but is that a concern? Is Elijah Mitchell's presence a concern for you with McCaffrey? No. Um, like, I, I think maybe it will keep him from averaging 25 fantasy points per game. That was one of the things I think we talked about yesterday. Is there anybody going to have one of those 28, 29 fantasy point seasons or, or 25 even? I don't know. I don't really see any running backs doing that. But I and I don't know, like, was one of those Mitchell games McCaffrey's first game back, first game in San Francisco when he'd been there for like three days? Uh, I, I'm not that sure. That would be the Chiefs game, right? No. Right. I, oh, was it the Chiefs or the week before? I think it was the Chiefs, the Chiefs, was, the Chiefs was the first game. Uh, McCaffrey only had eight carries. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, McCaffrey barely, he had 10 touches in that game. So, yeah, that could factor in. All right, so not a few. Okay, so let's move on. I don't want to belabor that point. By the way, I wow. think it's. Wow, he, he, Azer Stadium. Uh, no, Azer Mitchell didn't play that game. <laughs> so, no, Mitchell did not play. He just, McCaffrey didn't get a lot of work in that game, but Mitchell got none. Um, anyway, uh, I think it's great that we hopefully this year will not have a running back or a wide receiver that is scoring 28 or more, you know, even 26 or more PPR fantasy. I don't want a total LaDainian Tomlinson or Christian McCaffrey from 2021 or whatever. What? It was. I don't Why? want that because I want, I want it to be fair. I want everyone. Oh my I want it to be fair. I don't want that player that is so much better than everyone. Don't else. give us a league right. winner. What All right, so no, Travis have... Kelsey just underperformed. No, so it's fair no. at the tight end position. So you no, know what, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, and he's got underperform. I you are taking exact. I just said a running back or a wide receiver that doesn't. Score. So you want those positions to be care- fair, but you're fine if quarterback remains completely unfair. I want it to be like it was last year. Last year there was no one single player who was so much better than everyone else. Oh, I can't wait for the YouTube comments on this one. Do you remember how much better <laughs> Travis Kelsey was than all the other tight ends? It's not about being better than all the other tight ends. It's about being better than everyone else. Remember how? Okay, in previous seasons when McCaffrey was coming off two straight years where he was about thirty fantasy points per game, you really wanted McCaffrey. You would have paid so much more for McCaffrey in an auction or salary cap draft than you would have for anyone else. We don't have that. We just did a salary cap draft a week ago, and there are five or six players going for the same range. I like. I prefer that to one mega superstar in fantasy football that's so much better than everyone else. What's wrong? Why is this a bad take? This is a great take. This is so it's much so better. Bad. It's so horrible. Ah, oh, come on, man. I did that. People are. All right. So here, here. Now. Nope. Now here's what you have to do. If you draft said league winner. You are not allowed to keep him on your team. You no. All right. All right. I I just hope it plays out more like last year. Anyway, um, how about uh, if we've established... Uh, well, Heath, where do you have Bijan? Uh, he's RB. <laughs> There's a little bit of a difference. I'm sorry. I'm busy in the comments, <laughs> highlighting everybody's comments on YouTube and how they feel about Adam's opinions. Um, he's around um, the one-two turn for me in PPR. And in non PPR, he is, uh, I think, a top six pick. And in half PPR, he'd be between uh, six and the one-two turn. 
And where is he at RB? Uh, I have him at RB5. Okay. Who do you have ahead of him? McCaffrey, Eckler, and... Barkley and Pollard. Barkley and Pollard. I'm surprised that you have Pollard ahead of him. All right, so the top five for everyone. For Jamie, it's McCaffrey, Eckler, Bijan, Chubb, Barkley. For Heath, McCaffrey, Eckler, Barkley, Pollard, Robinson. Uh, And just... To, yeah. to be clear, like if Jacobs and Taylor were back at camp today and 100% healthy, they would be ahead of Pollard and Bijan. Do you guys have anything to say about Saquon Barkley in round one? Is he an easy round one pick? Yes, I, I would I would say being <laughs> back with the team. <laughs> Adam goes to a medieval duel and hope it ends in a handshake, according to <laughs> Matt. Amazing. Um yeah. I would say that uh, the fact that he came back on time and has been, you know, with the team the entire the majority of training camp is hopeful that he, you know, he could build off what he did a year ago. <laughs> this but was, not be a league winner though. This not was almost winner. as good as Die Hard not being a Christmas movie after they interviewed the writer and he said it was a Christmas movie. Yeah, that was. <laughs> All right, look, folks, are you not entertained? Um, any other <laughs> any other running backs that you think should go in the first round? Actually, why don't we go to the round two running backs and you tell me who you think uh, belongs in the first round. So according to Fantasy Pros, after the first four of McCaffrey, Eckler, Barkley, Bijan, we go to Nick Chubb, Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard. Five players going between 14th and 19th overall. Five running backs in the second round. Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard. Do any of you think that any of these five are first-round picks in all formats? Nick Chubb for sure, and Tony Pollard for sure. I've got Pollard at the turn, and I would say Jacobs and Taylor once they get back. Not Chubb for you. No. Okay. So and not in not in PPR. Definitely, definitely in none. And half. He's close in half. All right, I think you're probably going mean, to. I don't a have lower. a top twelve in half, so you, like you're asking me this question, I'm just like, yeah. Right, but a lot more half PPR leagues than non PPR leagues, so I'll just throw it out there. But you know, Jamie, I think you said you were on the Fantasy Pros podcast last week or a couple weeks ago, and they had Chubb as RB three. So if for Heath, for you to say that he's a borderline first round pick, I think a lot of people would would emphatically make him a first round pick, especially in half PPR. But anyway, where where are you on Chubb? I don't know. I don't really expect him to see a big increase in touches this year. And I think that he has pretty much the same. Like he's he's a couple of months younger than Eckler and those guys who are already 28. He turns 28 in the season. But um, that that age, there's a there is I know it seems arbitrary, but there's a there's a big difference historically between the age 26, 27 season and between the age 28, 29 season. If it wasn't for Derrick Henry's age, I'd have Derrick Henry as a, as a top five pick. Um, so like, it's just um, a little bit of concern there. And I think uh, other people are expecting for Nick Chubb to have a bigger boost in touches per game than I am. He had 302 carries and 27 catches. Uh, Jamie, you said Nick Chubb is definitely a first round pick. Yeah, I, I would have no problem taking him in the first round in any format. I think you can make a case. He's top five in non PPR easily, you know, just based on the expected workload and his, I don't want to say just past production, but his expected production. 
And then I do think there'll be a bump in, in the passing game uh, to whatever degree we'll find out. I don't think he's going to be a 50 catch guy, but I think he could be in the 35, 40 range. So it's not that much of a stretch at 27 catches last year. So you take Kareem Hunt's, you know, touches out of the equation, you know, right now, Jerome Ford looks like the number two guy there. They're very thin uh, in, in their backfield. And right now Ford is hurt. So they're either expecting Chubb to take a big step forward or they're, you know, going to find somebody else to help out there. And, and I, I don't know which route they're going to go. So I, I expect Nick Chubb to have at least one more dynamic season. Apparently he's been do you, splitting. Do you, Adam, ha- go ahead. do you have Chubb's finishes available? Because yep. he did catch 36 passes in 2019 and had 298 carries. And he I'm was just wondering where he finished in PPR that year. Seven? Number eight five? per game. Number eight, per, eight game. per game. That was 2019, and he scored only eight touchdowns in 16 games. He's never had a combination of catches and touchdowns. You know, he did have that one year with the 36 catches, and I think that 2019, by the way, here's something that could give you a little bit of optimism. 36 catches in 2019, but most of them uh, came without Kareem Hunt. I think that was the year Kareem Hunt played the last eight games, and then after that, almost no catches. But in the fir- yeah, first eight games of that season, he was on pace for over 2,000 total yards and 53 catches and 13 touchdowns, which is still... Was I think, that the year he led the NFL in rushing? No, I don't think so. Um, No, nope. that was probably 2020. He didn't ever, did he? He finished second. Uh, No, actually, yeah, it would have been that year. I'm sorry, it would have been that year. But, okay, second. So, anyway, yeah, that's the, be- that's the best stretch that we've seen from Nick Chubb without Kareem Hunt. It was four years ago. But in those first eight games of the season, he was on pace for 53 catches, only 13 touchdowns. You could see more than that. Um, you're hoping the offense is better. They haven't had a great offense in any of the years. But all right, uh, point taken on Nick Chubb. Now, I, let me give you those five names again. And it's Chubb, Henry, Taylor, Jacobs, Pollard. I think based on this ADP, we would say Pollard is a great pick in mid to late round two. And I know, like, Heath, you have him the highest in this group. So um, just just to give you an example of our ADP, because it's starting to look relevant, uh, the running back order is McCaffrey, Eckler, Chubb, Robinson, Barkley. Say it, Robinson, what is it? McCaffrey, mm-hmm. who's second overall, Eckler, who's fourth overall, Chubb, who's fifth overall, Bijan, sixth overall, Barkley, seventh overall, but that's the order of running backs. Okay. And I, I would say I think Chubb should probably have a higher ADP on CBS than any other sites. I think we have the highest percentage of non-PPR leagues of any other site. And our ADP is combines all of the formats. Uh, talk to me about Henry, Taylor, and Jacobs. How do you rank Henry, Taylor, Jacobs? Right now it's Henry, Jacobs, Taylor. But as Heath said, if those guys report, I would move them both over Henry. I, I still have it Jacobs, Taylor, Henry right now. When would you guys take Derrick Henry? Uh, there are, you know, I understand the concerns. Jamie, you especially, I know are a little nervous about him. When would you take Derrick Henry? Well, I've been nervous for the last three seasons. And, <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, probably not want to take my advice on Derrick Henry. But I, I, I would take him in round two, you know, and, and we're, we're seeing that more so. You know, I think it's a combination of a lot of people being concerned and the wide receivers getting pushed up in front of him in PPR. So, I was curious. We did our non-PPR draft last night. You can watch the, the stream on YouTube. You can read the story on CBSports.com. And he went, uh, I believe it was ninth or 10th overall in that draft. So still a first-round pick in non-PPR, which I totally agree. But in full PPR or even half PPR, I think he's around two pick. Top, Still top 20. I would probably put him closer to 
20 in PPR than I would 15. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've got him ninth in non PPR. I've got him 23rd in full PPR. So let's call it 16th and a half. <laughs> okay. So how do you decide between Derrick Henry and Amandra St. Brown and Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle? Uh, in PPR, I would take the receivers and then I would take Henry over Stevenson. Yep. Do you think Derrick Henry sets a career high in catches this year? And I think he did that last year with 33. I think, I mean, if he, if he does, it's probably 35, 37, 38. I don't think he's going to get North of 40. Remember their receiving core was awful last year. The quarterback play was awful last year. You know, he was really the only thing that they had going for him, which is typically what has been the case, you know, the majority of his time there. But you know, I think with Hopkins, with a better Traylon Burks, with a better Chico Conquo, and a full season of Ryan Tannehill, I don't know if he's going to, you know, completely shatter that. So if you're getting close to 40 catches from Derrick Henry, you should be thrilled. Yeah. You should be absolutely thrilled. So that means he stayed healthy, and that means that he's still getting, you know, 350 total touches, which is what you're looking for. Yeah. In in 2021, he caught 30, he caught 18 catches, 18 passes in eight games. And then in 2022, he caught 33. But how about this? He had 37 of his 41 targets with Ryan Tannehill. In the four games that he played without Ryan Tannehill, he had four targets. Um, all right, so I, let's try to move on to round I, three here, unless you want to wrap it up there, Heath. Go ahead. No, I do think it's interesting to think if Henry and Chubb both play 17 games, who catches more passes? I've got Henry projected for more right now. Yeah, I would take Chubb. All right. Uh, we'll go to round three in just a moment. Just want to promote a few things. Please go to tinyurl.com slash donate, And there you can see our eBay store. We're going to show it to you here on YouTube, youtube.com slash Today, You should hit the like button. You should subscribe. But we've got, what is this, a guest appearance. Oh, it's a guest appearance on the podcast. We're giving away a lot of different things. We're giving away guest appearances on the podcast, though. Let's start with that. So if you want to come on the podcast right now, it's up. It's $100. So all of it goes to St. Jude. Uh, go to tinyurl.com slash donate and get in on that. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, rounds three, four, and beyond uh, as we look at ADP here on the best sequel that you've ever seen, RB Preview Part 2. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, we have gotten through nine running backs through two rounds, and it does seem like those nine running backs are just kind of in a different tier than the rest. Uh, at least that's my take. Feel free to disagree, but ADP would suggest that. We'll go to round three. Ramondre Stevenson is the 10th running back off the board. He's 28th overall. This is Fantasy Pro's PPR average draft position. He is joined in round three by Najee Harris, Brees Hall. I know you guys would not take Brees Hall 31st. Travis Etienne. And then two guys at the 3-4 turn, Joe Mixon and Jameer Gibbs. Ramondre, Najee, Brees Hall, ETN, Mixon, Gibbs. Heath, can we just knock out Brees Hall and say he should not be a third-round pick? 
Yeah, I would also. I mean, this this is where my rankings diverge quite a bit from the consensus. It seems, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take Brees Hall in round three. I wouldn't take Brees Hall in round four, and I wouldn't take Najee in the first forty picks either. Okay, so you feel comfortable with Ramondre, um, Etn, Mixon, and Gibbs in the third round? I have Gibson Gibbs in round four, but I'm I'm more open to I understand why that's happening. Like he's an electric talent, and uh, he has the out of if something happens to David Montgomery, he could really see his role expand, or he could just have the Alvin Kamara season. I think it's more likely for him to justify that round three cost as of what we know right now than it is for Harris or Hull. But I I'm not drafting any of those three in round three right now. Jamie, uh, your thoughts on Stevenson, Harris, Brees Hall, ETN, Joe Mixon, Jameer Gibbs? Yeah, I, I, I'd push back on the first thing that you said because I think that Stevenson is worthy of being at the tail end of that group of the first nine guys that you mentioned because I think if he does get the work and nobody else is brought in, he's probably going to be better than a couple of those guys, you know, barring without even an injury happening. So um, I, I would take him in round two. So I do think he belongs there. So he's ahead of that group for me. Okay. And then I... I I look at mix is the one I have a hard time with because you know, I, I think as we've seen, he's been very successful. He's in a great offense. There's not a lot of competition, at least on paper right now. That's, that's going to take him off the field. So um, he should, he should have the ability to, you know, if he stays healthy, perform at a high enough level that you should feel comfortable taking around three, but I, I'm very excited about Jameer Gibbs. And that's been the case for a while now. It's not just seeing all the, the training camp stuff. It was before camp. He was a top 12 running back for me. I think you take him in, round three in PPR, it should be at the tail end of it, you know, so you got to, you know, factor in some of the the concerns, David Montgomery being there, being a rookie, you know, relying on just his pass catching ability. If there's not going to be a lot of carries and touchdown potential, but we've noted this quite a bit, you know, just what the lions produce from running back touches. And again, he's stepping into such a prominent role as a pass catcher. Just if you're looking at what they've done year over year and last year for Deandre Swift, it was top 10 in running back targets and top 12 in running back receptions. And that was him playing 13 games. And the investment in Jameer Gibbs was nowhere near the investment that they made in DeAndre Swift. They want him to put the ball in this kid's hands. And so then you factor in everything that you're seeing from him and the move that he made on the Giants linebacker last year, or last yesterday. Um, I think it was Okariki, if I'm not mistaken. Okarake. Uh, Okarake. I don't know if it was uh, him, but that, I probably was. I, I thought that's what I saw. Yeah. He he. Let, by the time the ball was in the air, he wasn't in the screen. He was he was so far past him uh, on the move that he made. I mean, it's it's gonna be fun. Like he's he's the type of guy. Like he's he said, you know, the Alvin Kamara season. I, I think you're referencing his rookie campaign. Um, you, you know, McCaffrey had a, a similar type of path his rookie campaign as well, where a lot of it was pass catching. And it's it's a six game window where there's no real threat of a standout number two receiver. You could say Marvin Jones and Josh Reynolds and all this stuff and Sam Laporta. I think Gibbs is gonna have a chance to you know be maybe number two in targets on that team for that six-game stretch. And it's going to be just a lot of fun for him. So non-PPR, half-PPR, he loses a little bit as long as David Montgomery's healthy. In full PPR, I think he could lead all running backs in receptions if there is an injury in front of him. But he's going to be one of those guys, I think, that's 75-plus catches. Yeah, you just I hope he can just do what Kamara and McCaffrey did from a touch standpoint as rookies. They both had right around 120 carries and right around 80 catches. 80 catches is a lot to ask for. Uh, that was in 16 games, by the way, for McCaffrey and Kamara. I, th- I don't. I think they both played 16 games. Kamara was just so much more efficient. McCaffrey, even in a year where he averaged, I think, like 3.9 yards per carry, he was the number 13 running back per game in full PPR as a rookie. Um, and that was with kind of lousy numbers in 16 games, but a lot of touches. Um, and as mentioned yesterday, 
Detroit has been top nine in running back carries and running back targets each of the past two seasons. That's just a terrific team for running back production, which I know we're going to talk about Montgomery later. Uh, someone we love his value. Um, okay, I, I think we got to spend a little bit more time on Ramondre. And uh, why are you so confident in him? And before you answer that, Heath, where do you have Ramondre Stevenson? Jamie's willing to take him at the 2-3 turn. Yeah, I have Ramondre I, closer to the end of round. I've got him 31st overall, so RB12 mid-round three. It's not enough to debate. I think the the concern that I have, I mean, obviously it starts with Bill Belichick and running backs and the history, but but also the history of running backs that have ha- seen as many targets as he did last year and been as bad in terms of a yards per target. We talked about this multiple times in the offseason, and I can pull the, the exact number up, but Najee Harris was a part of that group. Basically, every running back who has seen his involvement in the passing game and averaged less than five per targets per game, or averaged less than five yards per target, has seen a significant decrease in targets the next year, 20 to 30 fewer targets. Um, now, right now, it doesn't. I don't know who they would throw the ball to, but it is also a new offensive coordinator. So it's possible that they just don't throw to their running backs as much as they did last year. Okay. And Jamie, you're just, uh, you're in. You've been since like January, I think. You've been pretty big on Stevenson. Very excited about him. You know, I I, I think, you know, Heath mentioned the, the coordinator change. I, I think you just look at what their personnel group looks like and, and you alluded to this. You know, there, there's some thinking that maybe Pierre Strong has that role. There was the talk about Ty Montgomery, who's now been switched from, you know, the position group from wide, running back to wide receiver. Uh, they're talking about Kevin Harris maybe getting a, a bigger role in the passing game. I, I just look at what Ramondre did last year in such a terrible offense. And now you're removing the guy who was the biggest threat to him from a carry standpoint. And what they've done in practice, if you've been following the reports, they're putting him basically in bubble wrap. They don't want to risk him getting hurt. He's been a little frustrated by that. He's expressed that. Somebody asked him, why aren't you not practicing? He's like, that's on Bill. And I, I think that just speaks to they don't want to risk what is probably their best offensive player suffering any sort of injury. So will he have the same level of receptions? I doubt it because you you said this, Adam. I think I was on our live stream last night. You know, Mac Jones coming off the field, being frustrated. But I think that also speaks to what Heath is talking about. A lot of it was just terrible dump-off passes as opposed to design plays for him coming out of the backfield which I know a different coordinator, but it's been kind of a staple of what the Patriots offense has been for almost 30 years. You know, when you go back to Tom Brady's tenure there and and what they've done even with Mac Jones. And so I think this is still something that's going to lead to him being a three down back. I think he's going to have the opportunity for more touchdowns. I think if I, if I remember the stat correctly, they had 10 running back touchdowns last year, Adam, if you want to confirm this and 21 the year before. Right. So when they go from 21 the year before, a lot of that was Damien Harris. Well, now Ramondre Stevenson fits into that role. So if he goes from, you know, uh, a handful of rushing touchdowns to maybe close to 10, and then you factor in what he does as a pass catcher, bump it down to however you want to, you know, does he go from 56 catches to, or the 60, 69 catches to 53 to 45? I think he's still North of 40. So put him ahead of Henry and, and Chubb in that category. I would assume you have that projected as well. Heath. Um, the, the ability to be a pass catcher, the ability to work at the goal line, the ability to be the focal point of a run first offense uh, with a better system in place, I, I think he's got a chance. I, you know, in some cases, I feel like I have him too low, you know, especially given the circumstances for what Taylor and Jacobs are dealing with right now. Well, it's an interesting debate worth having because what people need to know is that round three has not been a great round for running backs, but hopefully it will be Take better. in round two. <laughs> hopefully it will be better this year because there are fewer running backs going in the first two rounds as of now. 
So that means you're not as deep in the player pool at running back. But over the last five years, if you look at fantasy football calculator ADP, there's only been four running backs who were drafted in the third round on average and finished as top 12 running backs. Been a lot of really disappointing players here. So I, I think when you're when you have if you have questions about someone and you're comparing them to a guy who's super safe like T. Higgins or maybe a guy like Mark Andrews, you know, you have to decide if you like these running backs better than Chris Olave, T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, Mark Andrews, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. You know, if I have questions about a running back, I'm taking all of those guys ahead of him. Um you know, I have questions about Ramondre. I feel the way you feel about Ramondre is kind of like how I feel about Mixon, except Ramondre is probably a better player. But I just, I gladly take Mixon at the two-three turn. I think Heath, you do too, right? Yeah, yeah. I I think Mixon is difficult. He's part of that group I talked about of the eleven running backs who have averaged at least sixteen fantasy points per game over the last three years. And unless you're worried about the 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 civil cases that have popped up or resurfaced recently. I think he probably has the least least concerns of the group besides McCaffrey. He's probably the second safest of that group to uh to as of this moment and his role seems pretty secure. May even have less competition for touches. Right. So it, it really for me it just comes down to and I don't have a strong feel on it, but it just comes down to is is there really a concern of a suspension? Because if there's not, I think Joe Mixon should be around two pick. And does everybody feel good about ETN, or are we getting a little nervous about the Tank Bigsby hype? Because Doug Peterson said that Bigsby's a good pass catcher, um, but you know, also we hear rave reports about uh, ETN. Uh, and I'll just say that if you look at their goal line, their short yardage, like inside the five yard line numbers in college, and then last year for ETN in the pros. Tank Bigsby has been amazing, and ETN has been pretty average, if not bad, there. So there's that thing too. It's not like a Ken Walker Charbonnet thing. Is, is does everybody feel good about ETN in the middle of the third round? I do. I, I do, but I think it also depends on your your build, you know, and what you're looking at. You know, I think if you've gone wide running back in the first round. You, you know, unless you're so inclined to take, you know, running back receiver running back again, then that's, I think the type of, you know, build you're looking at. I think if you go wide, wide receiver, wide receiver, and ETN falls to the back end of round three, which it sounds like that's where he is middle to the back end of round three, then that's the perfect type to type of running back to, to buy into. If you want to go the hero RB route and then depending on what you do in round four, but um, there are definitely flaws, you know, I mean, we saw that at times last year, you know, but I think you also look at what he was able to accomplish with such limited touchdown and catch potential or, or production last year, you know, if the touchdowns tick up and the catches tick up, which, you know, that's something that he's talked about being more involved in the passing game. And we know that he did that in college. If he can, if he can increase his catches and, and do a better job of finding the end zone, then he could be a top, maybe even top five running back, but certainly top 10 guy. So um, I would lean more toward he's more talented than tank Bigsby. He might have some flaws that tank Bigsby, you know, over, overcompensates for. Um, uh-huh. But I don't want to draft. I don't want to take away what Travis Etienne could be because they may fall down at the one and, and Tank Bigsby has a Jamal Williams type season. Maybe not that many touchdowns, but just steals all those goal line opportunities. So Bigsby will take him off the field. They didn't have that last year to 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 maybe his his talent level. So that's something to be a little bit concerned about. But I think that's what's keeping him maybe from being in the top ten as opposed to you know having him live in the top fifteen. All right, we are 15 running backs in. Let's go to round four now. Round uh, Running back 16, 17, 18, 19 in Fantasy Pros PPR average draft position. Aaron Jones, Ken Walker, Miles Sanders, and Damian Pierce. And Walker's like Brees Hall. We're not taking him in round four. Where are you guys taking 
uh, like Brees Hall in round three. Walker's too high here in round four. Where are you taking Ken Walker? I'm not until seven. Yeah, I, I I would start to look for him in round five, but I would prefer to get him in round six. And the longer he stays out, the more it's going to get closer to where he is. So it's just it's hard to justify saying, well, he was so good last year, and now they drafted somebody that's significant competition, and he's hurt, and they may be a little bit more pass happy. So, you know, I, I think Ken Walker could be a league-winning type of player if he still remains lead running back in Seattle. But I don't know how you can say that with any certainty based on what Pete Carroll has said, that they're going to, you know, compete for the job. And right now one guy is competing and the other guy is not. Yeah, and I can't stress this enough. You got, If you're just tuning in for the position previews, do yourself a favor. Keep, like, keep listening throughout the offseason because so much is going to change and we'll keep everything updated. As far as Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, and Damian Pierce go, uh, Jones is well ahead of Sanders and Pierce, first of all. Eight picks, nine picks in ADP. Um, but do Jones, Sanders, and Pierce Heath, do they all belong in the round four discussion in PPR? 12-team leagues, by the way, people. I, yeah, I love Jones and Sanders and would take them over several of the guys that we've talked about so far, certainly Hall and, and Walker. Um, I, Pierce is one where I just, man, I, I almost have fear in both directions because he did have a, what, nine or ten week stretch where he looked like a legitimate really good starting NFL running back. I think he's better than Devin Singletary. The Texans are saying everything right about being a run-heavy offense. There's videos of Damian Pierce catching balls in the end zone. Like, maybe he's gotten better at the pass catching. So, I like, all of the history suggests you should be skeptical about guys like Pierce, especially after a regime change in year two that just really outperform in year one their draft capital. But... I think Pierce has the chance to be a top 12 running back as well. So this this seems like a pretty good place for him. I think I'm a little bit lower. I have him early round five, but I'm I'm not anti-Pierce. Okay. Any major agreements or disagreements there, Jamie? No, I, I think okay. he said it, you know, he said it best. And, you know, just talking to uh, D'Amico Ryans, you know, at the owners meetings, this was, you know, right after they signed Devin Singletary, you know, he wants to use both guys. And it just really depends on, you know, Bobby Slowick and, and what – philosophy they bring over there you know is he going to be a, a Kyle Shanahan disciple and maybe lean on a couple different guys or is he going to you know feature one guy and I think that speaks to where Pierce you know should be because like he said he's a more he, he has more upside as as the lead running back there in all facets right. fantasy and reality all right so you can see a very interesting trend here or not, I wouldn't call it a trend just very interesting data in ADP on fantasy pros uh, only one running back going in the fifth round, and that's Alvin Kamara. So I'm going to take a look at rounds five and six now. Again, the, the guys who were going in round four were Aaron Jones, Ken Walker, Miles Sanders, and Damian Pierce. Um, let's take a look at some of the next guys in rounds five and six. Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Cam Akers, James Conner, Rashad White, Alexander Madison, J.K. Dobbins, and DeAndre Swift. We're going to have some names here that we really like, okay? And that should be going, ahead, you know, way earlier than this. But let's talk about it. Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Cam Akers, James Conner, Rashad White, Alexander Madison, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift. And if these guys are really going in rounds five and six, maybe it should influence, and they probably are, right? Maybe it should influence your RB strategy, right? I mean, 
Do we see high-end RB2s here, potentials for RB1? You know, Heath, what's your take on that group? Kamara, Cook, Akers, Connor, Rashad White, Madison, Dobbins, Swift. Uh, Madison and Connor are the two guys who I think should be going before this and the two guys who I think have, like if everything goes right, could be that high-end RB2 or borderline RB1 type season. Um, and I'm I'm pretty much fine with where Rashad White's going in that range. Camara's more of a round six than a round five pick for me, and I think he's going first. So I don't I don't really like him there. Dobbins, Akers, I think those guys in the five six range are fine. There's still some backs that we haven't said their name um, that I would take ahead of some of these guys. But the two that I really like more than where they're being drafted are Madison and, and Connor if they're round six guys. And Jamie, you like Dobbins in this discussion as well, right? I, I, I definitely do. You know, I, I hope to see him, you know, return to the practice field soon because it's hard to keep saying, I expect a breakout, expect a breakout, expect a breakout. And he's, you know, breaking out of the franchise. Um, but uh, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I think a good spot for him. And, you know, you, you mentioned this, Adam, your running back strategy. I think, you know, if you pick early in the first round, this is the perfect opportunity if you want to start with Jefferson or Chase. You come back on the two-three turn, and if you don't want to buy into Ramondre or Mixon of the guys that we typically see in our drafts go there, then you could either take Mark Andrews or one of the quarterbacks. Or what I like to do is, you know, maybe double up on the receivers there, and you end up with, you know, I, I've done this a few times with the Jefferson Smith Higgins trio, and then come back in rounds four and five, and then take two of these guys because they're typically available. So, you know, I I, I did I think it was our pick by pick where I started with those three guys is just the one that stands out to me. Those three guys. J.K. Dobbins and uh, Damian Pierce, and I love that. Right. You know, so um, it, it's it's just an easy way to get by. It's a little bit harder when you're in the back end of the first round to do that, but I, I think you could still make it happen. But in any event, uh, yes, I do think that this is where Connor belongs, where Madison belongs, where Brees Hall belongs. You know, I think he should be you know closer to this group. You know, if you're just going to take a chance on him, you know, at least you're minimizing the risk a little bit. Uh, but yes, the, those three guys. And and what he said about Pierce, I kind of feel the same way about Madison in that I think there's such a huge opportunity here for him and what we've seen in the small sample size when there hasn't been Dalvin Cook. But is he going to live up to those expectations and perform like that when he's given the, the full workload? So, you know, if you're concerned about Pierce, if you're concerned about Madison, if you're concerned about Connor, because I know he's somewhat polarizing also. You know, this is a good place to either avoid running backs or I think, you know, you let Miles Sanders potentially follow the spot or you buy into J.K. Dobbins if he does step on the field. I'm going to expand this to now to round seven and eight. <laughs> All right, because I'm going to just make a broader point here. If you throw in uh, three or four more running backs who are being drafted in round seven and eight, you've got Pacheco, Javante Williams, James Cook, and David Montgomery. And again, Pacheco, Javante, James Cook, David Montgomery. That's 31 running backs in ADP. After that, round nine or later, you've got A.J. Dillon, you've got Jamal Williams, the Commanders running backs, the Bears guys, you've got Samaj P. Ryan. But if we focus on these 31 running backs, I know obviously you're not going to like all of them, but from the guys being drafted after the first four rounds, that's Kamara, Cook, Akers, Connor, Rashad White, Madison, Dobbins, Swift, Pacheco, Javante, James Cook, David Montgomery. And I think you've got a decent chance as the offseason progresses of Ken Walker and Brees Hall, as you mentioned, falling in this range. 
That's a hell of a lot of running backs. And I I don't know. I mean, I know the whole thing about the RB dead zone, but that sounds like a really good group to me. Maybe there's no league winners, but I think there are a lot of a lot of reliable, you know, reliable starters. I'm not saying I'm going to guess it right. I, I might be wrong on some of them, but I wouldn't mind having three of those guys, you know, if I could spread it out over five rounds or something. Am I, what do you think about the way I'm reading that? As long as there's no league winners in there, I think you're okay. <laughs> you could be a league winner at 22 points per game. I just don't need anybody averaging 29. But I don't know, Heath. I, I, I just feel excited about... I don't know how many running backs I named, probably about 15. I feel excited about them as a group, not everyone individually. There's ones that we're going to like, ones we're not going dis- to dislike, but as a group, I feel excited about it. Yeah, I, and I think that like that's kind of where the idea, and I, and I have a hard time applying any dead zone logic to this season because the dead zone has changed so much, so I'm just kind of disregarding it. I think in CBS drafts, it's going to be harder to find a lot of those guys in this range, although it looks like Ramondre Stevenson is somehow available at pick 50, so that would be okay. Um, But like the round six, round seven range, I I don't think you're going to see. And I think we'll probably see Dalvin Cook get replaced by one of those backs as he falls even further. I don't know why he's going so high. I do not have any trouble if all of these guys are going to be there starting wide receiver wide receiver wide receiver tight end i mean that's that it's an invitation to do that right or throw but, a quarterback in there right or throw like whatever um but like those guys probably 60 percent of them are are going to miss and you like you say there's a lot of solid starters there well if you draft rb23 and rb24 i don't know that you're gonna be super happy with that if you draft them and they're only, you know, one point per game worse than RB13, then I think you probably did well. And that's a fairly realistic scenario, you know. But um, I don't know. I, I I think there's been a sentiment, and I mentioned this on yesterday's show, that running back's a little bit deeper this year. Maybe it's just not as good at the top. and um, Or maybe it's not as good in, like, the the middle, like 10 through 15 or something like that. I, I But I just see a lot of appeal to many of these players. And I think that should influence people's draft strategy. I don't think you should just skip this portion of running back. You know, you should definitely get your hands in in there. We like Madison and Connor a lot in round six. Jamie loves J.K. Dobbins. Heath, you probably like J.K. Dobbins in round uh, five or round six, actually, right? Round six, yeah. Uh, DeAndre Swift, you know, we don't know what to expect from Javante, but Javante and, and Brees Hall coming back from ACLs, if Hall's ADP falls, I don't know. I see a lot of good players here. I know you love David Montgomery where he's going round eight. Yep. That's That just seems silly. How is he falling that far? I just, I can't, and I'm not the biggest David Montgomery guy, but you know, he's, he's stepping into such a great role. He's not going to score 17 touchdowns. It's a stretch for him to score 10, but you know, I, I think you just look at the chance to be the lead, you know, lead rusher. And I, I use that term loosely, but lead rusher for a Detroit team that, you know, has again, been so good. It producing running back touches, you know, it's just a matter of a, will he have any role in the passing game and B again, how many touchdowns will he score? Because I don't see Jameer Gibbs coming off the field in a lot of instances, you know, especially if he proves to be better than David Montgomery running the ball, but still round eight just seems silly. 
By the way, you guys, I do want to like push back on that one point per game difference because I that sounded like too little for me. And looking at last year, I think it was about two, two and a half points between twelve and twenty-four. In my projections, I've got just a little over two fantasy point per game difference. And then it, it doesn't take long before you get to like RB twenty-seven, and it's three and a half, four points per game. So that there is, I don't know that you should expect twenty-four to be that close to twelve. Okay. There was a, a three, uh, let's see, 2.7 point difference between RB's 12 and 5 last year. So if that's the difference between 13 and 24, it's not a huge difference. When you're talking about four rounds maybe in, in draft well, I think I think that's the key though. Like I, I think Miles Sanders could be right in that RB12 range. Um, if... But, Jamie's got somebody that he thinks could be right in that RB12 range that's going in, in the round five, six. Like, you shouldn't, I don't think you should be drafting guys that you think can be RB20 to 24 in that range. You should be willing and excited about attacking that range if you think there are guys who are going to be top 12, top 15 running backs who are falling to that point. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, if, if you have, you know, so for like you and Sanders, for me, it would be, let's say Dobbins, right? You know, I, I think it's just a matter of at what point are you buying in, but I, you know, and this is, you know, drafting ceiling versus floor as well, you know, or, you know, some people like say, you know, first or last, however you want to you know phrase it. But, you know, I, I think there are certainly players that you could say, okay, I'm, I'm going to take the player that has the most upside. So you would take, let's say, and I don't know who the comparison would be, but, but take a James Cook, you know, maybe over uh, a Cam Akers, you know, the, 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 the player that you know versus the player that you don't, you know, the, the Rashad whites, you know, that, that have a chance to step into that role in, in the second year, as opposed to David Montgomery, who, you know, even though he's switching teams has sort of been uh, just a guy in a lot of cases, you know, so th- there are, there are, you know, ways to sort of frame it. But, you know, I, I think again, like you said, Heath, if there's, if there's, you know, you just want to say zero RB, but if you want to go zero RB, this is just a great place to live, you know, in, in these, in these ranges. Uh, in in these running backs in these ranges because they they all have the chance to sort of step step up and and play much better than where their draft capital. I want to make sure we don't gloss over anyone in this range here. So what do you guys think about um rank rank uh Cam Akers, Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco and Javante Williams and James Cook, I guess. All right, you don't have to rank all five of them. If if those five are on the board, you know, who do you who do you gravitate toward? Again, they would be Cam Akers, Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco, Javante Williams, James Cook. So if it's just in a vacuum, those five, it's Rashad White. If it's knowing that I can get one a little bit later, I would wait for Cook. Yeah, I've I've got it ranked Cook, Williams, White, Akers, and then a, a very large gap to Pacheco. Why not Akers? Finished so strong, three straight hundred yard games, I believe, to end this season. Yeah, um, we've seen him have a really strong finish to a season before. Um, I, I'm not certain that's going to carry over. I don't expect hardly. Acres ranks much higher for me in non PPR than half PPR. He might be a 15 or 20 catch guy. Um, they, they've got better pass catching options on the roster, and the Rams have not really been a team that throws to their running backs. Yeah, yeah, you're. you're- I am curious to see if he comes off the field in rushing down situations, but you're hearing Kieran Williams a lot in passing down situations, and right. that's a little terrifying. 
All right, we're going to take a break. Do you think that, actually, before we do that, do you think that any of those guys have top 12 to 15 upside? How many of them have top 12 to 15 upside? That would be Akers, Rashad White, Pacheco, Javante, James Cook. The only one for me would be Rashad White because the the pass-catching ability has been proven. I think Baker gets a bad rap for throwing to his running backs, which is not the case. He's been very good at that, at least in, in helping his running backs get receptions. And this is going to be a team, while terrible, a better offensive line than a year ago because they're healthy, and I think more of a focus on running the ball. So the rushing production should improve from a team perspective, and he's already shown the ability to be a 50-catch guy as a rookie. Um, I'll, I'll say Javante just because we're only talking about upside and I don't have to worry about risk. Yeah, I guess I'd say acres because I could see him having the most touchdowns. He's not coming uh, off the field near the goal line. It's, it's strange to think of that because he's on like he and he and white are probably on the worst offenses. Okay, but Pacheco's not going to... I don't think Pacheco's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Well, I, I don't think Pacheco should... Like, I think Pacheco is one of those guys that you draft in round nine because you're hoping to find an a RB24. I, I feel like Pacheco started the offseason, and I'm going to say post-Super Bowl because that was his you know stretch where he was clearly spotlighted as a guy that was in this group. And then as we've seen the draft unfold and free agency unfold and all these things that have come about plus his injuries. He feels like he's closer to a Khalil Herbert than he is to this group. Speaking of Khalil Herbert, we'll talk about him and more many, many more after this break on fantasy football today. And I keep forgetting to mention something. I will do it when we come back. All right. Do you think it's relevant? I know this is a wide receiver question, but you keep talking. Uh, you guys have said you take three wide receivers early and then dip into that group. We just talked about of running back in rounds, you know, five through nine, basically five through eight. Uh, you would would you do that in a two receiver league or only a three receiver league? Is it too much to take? This doesn't have to be a long discussion. Too much to take three receivers with your first three or four picks in a two receiver league with a flex? No, because Not I think you, right. You want to you want to have a flex receiver receiver as a flex. Yeah, I know. But if you pick one up that's good later in the draft or in the or in the free agency, what are you going to do? You should probably try to have four. You want to have one more should, than you need but to start. I, you've, I don't know, filling up your all your receivers possibilities that early i don't know okay anyway we'll talk about that tomorrow let's get deeper into the draft here after david montgomery at rb 31 86th overall we have aj Dillon, jamal williams brian robinson khalil herbert we can do just those four that's 94 through 112 in adp aj Dillon, jamal williams brian robinson and khalil herbert Jamie, do any of these have major appeal to you? Well, Dylan certainly does from the standpoint of, you know, I think on his own, you can get by with him as a flex if he builds off what he did at the end of last season where he was more involved in the passing game and, and certainly proved that he was the goal line guy. But you know he's an injury away from being a league winner. You know, so those are the type of guys that intrigue me a lot because you know they're, you could, they'll be useful, but they also have that, that type of upside. But I, I think, you know, when you look at these other guys, um, First off, I, I, we we kind of glossed over this with Kamara and and now with Jamal Williams. What may have happened yesterday that that sort of saved them uh, with the signing not signing of Kareem Hunt. Um, so 
I don't know how you felt about this, Heath, because we talked about this on, mm-hmm. on CBS Sports HQ. Like, I was like, oh, God, here we go. You know, this, this is going to kill any chance of, of Kamara and really crush Jamal Williams. And then, oh, we may have another situation that could be pretty good here if Jonathan Taylor doesn't show up or is really hurt or gets traded. Um, so, yeah, Jamal Williams in this group is a little surprising that he's, you know, being thought of this way in ADP because I think it's a three-game window of maybe startable and then a 15- or 14-game window of can I even use him? So, you know, I, I just don't know what to make of it because, yes, he was great last year, but he does have to compete with Taysom Hill. He does have to compete with, you know, Kamara for goal line opportunities, and where is he going to win elsewhere? So, you know, did you say Gibson? Who's the other three? It's uh, Khalil Herbert. No, Dylan. Uh, we haven't gotten to him yet. Dil- Dylan, yeah. Jamal Williams. Oh, we did. Sorry. Dylan, Jamal Williams, Brian Robinson, and Khalil Herbert. So we didn't get to Gibson. Gibson's right after that. Gibson and P. Ryan are right after that. We can go to them. Yeah, I, I in PPR, I like those guys better. You like who better than who? You like Gibson Le- better and P. Ryan? Better than Dylan and better than than Williams and better than Robinson. Okay. Herbert, Herbert's, Herbert's, I don't know how you guys feel about Herbert because like he looked very good last year when he got those opportunities in those two games. When he's gotten double digits and carries last year, he was good. He Great. was in in uh, all running backs with 100 or more carries. So, you know, this is Azer statting a little bit because I think James Cook was like right behind him at like 92 carries. But all running backs with 100 or more carries, he led the NFL in yards per carry at 5.7. Um, but all you're hearing is the pass protection is horrible. And Roshan Johnson, in the limited times that he did that in college, was great. Mm-hmm. And so is that going to keep Khalil Herbert off the field in some pretty prominent situations, whether you think they're going to throw the running backs or not, but just playing time. And then you have Deontay Foreman there. So I think it's worth taking a shot on, like I, I wrote sleeper running backs for uh, this week. It's worth taking a shot on basically all three bears running backs. They're all going after pick 100, but does Khalil Herbert deserve coming off the board first? Yeah. And it sounds like he's still like getting the first opportunity, but we've heard this drum beat all off season. Like the first, the coach said that the most important job of the running back is to protect the quarterback. There was a, a bears beat writer yesterday or the day before that had tweeted out that what will determine who RB1 is is who's best in pass protection. And I've right. just not seen anything to suggest that Khalil Herbert's improved at that, and he's been awful at it in a little limited sample size so far in his career. So I where he's going right now I think is fine. Like the round 9-10 range, that's that's where you take these guys. But I don't – I would rather draft Foreman and Johnson at cost. And I have Dylan and Antonio Gibson – a couple rounds ahead of Khalil Herbert, so yeah, it plus could, a plus a running quarterback too. Right, you know, exactly. That's, that's, I was just about to say that it could be a completely wasted pick. Like, he could be very efficient, but hardly ever score touchdowns. Be splitting with one or two other guys and not catch a lot of passes because that's not a huge part so far of Justin Fields' game. Uh, you are enticed by the efficiency, the five point seven yards per carry with Khalil Herbert, but I've cooled off a little bit on him because it picture Miles Sanders with legit competition last year, you know, and not scoring nearly as many touchdowns. I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's, it could be a situation where he's better in real life than he is in fantasy, at least as a ball carrier. Well, right. It's just, that's the thing. As is we talk carrier. about how good he is and we, we focus on what he does when he has the ball in his hand, just running. And like, he's not necessarily a very good football player besides that. Right. It's, it's important skill. I don't understand why you would, Make pass protection. Like, why wouldn't you just put him on the field on first and second down? Obviously, you have to pass protect a little bit there, but I, I know that seems kind of I think of silly what coaches like less and less in the NFL 
are these guys that when they are in the game, the other defense knows what type of play it is. It, it doesn't have to be that easy. By the way, the thing that's simple, Khalil Herbert, we don't talk about this enough, but as far as I'm seeing from my control F, uh, he and Zach Charbonnet are the only two running backs that have RB in their name consecutively. Let's move on a little bit because you guys like Samaj P. Ryan quite a bit, at, you know, 113th overall, right? That was one we'd spotlight as a good value. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's awesome that Javante Williams is back. I hope he's 100%. But history tells us it's just hard to come back from this injury and perform at the same level. And this was a guy that already shared time in everywhere he's been, college and the pros. And so it feels like, and, and I hope I'm wrong, but it feels like we're chasing that one game against the Chiefs, you know, from two years ago. And hoping that guy emerges for a full season. And I, for me, I'm I'm just not buying it. You know, Sean Payne's always used multiple running backs. So Majay Piran might be a better pass catcher. And if he misses any time because of a setback, because maybe he did rush back too soon or has another injury. You know, we see like Dalvin Cook that year he came back was dealing with hamstring injuries the entire season because that tends to happen. It just makes me a little bit, you know, cautious about drafting Javante and just simply targeting Samaje Piran later. I, yeah. I I think P Ryan should be in that AJ Dillon discussion. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Makes 100%. Sense. Then you got Zach Charbonnet, who's probably also should be in that discussion. Zach Charbonnet going 122nd. Jarek McKinnon, 123rd. Uh, Rashad Penny. That's 40 running backs right there. So Charbonnet, McKinnon, and Rashad Penny being RB40. Uh, do you guys find yourself drafting them as late round picks? Charbonnet, McKinnon, or Penny? Yes. Yeah. Two, two of the three, not McKinnon. Yeah, I, I'm in on, th- on three of the three. First of all, you know, it's 123rd overall. But if we're so worried about their wide receivers and they lost Juju Smith-Schuster, I feel like McKinnon's got to do something here. And I know you I don't said think they are worried about their wide receivers. Yeah, they're not worried about their wide receivers. You know, maybe Rishi Rice. Maybe not publicly. Maybe not publicly, but Rishi Rice and all these guys, I mean— it's not worried. Worry may not be the... If we're... Okay, worried isn't the right word. But if they don't have a reliable wide receiver, why wouldn't they throw the ball to Jarek McKinnon? Because they don't think Jarek... Like, why would you think Jarek McKinnon can make it for 20 games at 32 years old? He's not carrying the ball in between the tackles 18 times a you game. You still get hit. He's catching passes. I remember way back in the day, we had Brian Westbrook working with us, and he said there was a big difference between getting hit by linebackers and by getting hit by 300-something pound defensive tackles. He's not getting hit that many times. I'm asking him for eight touches a game with five of them How catches. many catches did Brian Westbrook have after 30? Oh, I don't know. But subtract a year. He missed the whole season with an injury. I, I think if you get Jared McKinnon <laughs> at the right price, it's absolutely worth rostering him. But why would you reach for him here? This is a reach? 123rd? Yes. Yeah. Well, not compared to the running backs going after him, I guess. I you're, mean, you're, you're hoping that he's going to catch nine touchdowns again. And do I'm not hoping that. I'm well, hoping that's that, the way you make it sound. No, if he's going to catch nine touchdowns, he should be picked in the 80s. I'm hoping that he's but is top, that fair? of top is that 40 fair? If, if, if running a running back, back in, in the hundreds catches eight touchdowns, does that level the playing field? Are you allowed to do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right, but all right. So after that, uh, we I asked you guys yesterday for your favorite late round picks. You gave me some names. I can review them. But Devon H. We got all the Dolphins running backs. Elijah Mitchell. A lot of handcuffs here. Obviously, there's there's there's, there's legitimately two backfields being drafted after pick 100. The Bears and the Dolphins. It's crazy. Yeah, which one would you rather be in on? Uh, at cost, the Dolphins. Dolphins. 
And give me a, your favorite Dolphins running back to draft. At cost, Jeff Wilson. Forget at cost. They're both going so late. What, what's the difference between a 12th well, I would take a chance on a chain first, but I, right. I again, you know. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, Algier. Oh, how about Zeke, Fournette, Kareem Hunt? Uh, Kareem Hunt right now. How could it not be? And um, and Jalen Warren, he's someone you're probably, I feel like you're going to be drafting him. RB51. I've got him just ahead of Zeke and Fournette and Kareem Hunt. I think he's a good round 11 pick. I think he probably still, like, I don't think he's going to have flex appeal if Najee doesn't lose more touches, but I think he has an opportunity to take touches. And if there's an injury, he could be a top 12 running back. The, the guys that you want that have the chance to win you your league, like this is where you take these late round flyers. Like don't take, don't take guys that are just going to be four plays. These are guys that you want to have that the, the you never have to start them unless there's an injury. But yes, it's Jalen Warren. It's Tank Bigsby. It's um, Elijah Mitchell. It's, you know, these guys that are an injury away and just, yeah. you know, in some cases, fantastic systems or just opportunities that they could dominate for you. Well, as long as they don't dominate too much. That was a really good take by me. Uh, last, I'll explore that in a second. But Clyde Edwards-Elair, RB55, obviously getting a lot of work now with Pacheco still out. Pacheco I have been RB55. Hey, hey, how about that? <laughs> so that's it. Just just late-round flyer. but Yeah. Makes sense to take a shot there. His first four games, he was 14 PPR points or more. Yeah. If this Pacheco injury stretches much further, then we're going to have to push Clyde up because he's pretty. I think he's pretty much dominating the fir- the first team reps right now. Um, he's. I think he's the guy if Pacheco is not okay. Yeah, the Chiefs. Now that's still great. Push him up. The Chiefs though have not. This is more Pacheco stat. Have not had a top twenty per game running back since Kareem Hunt. Just kind of a they weird. Had, they had like four of them last year, just for different stretches of the season. There, there you go. Well. Honestly, I'm going to press you on this. If I told you right now that we would have sort of an even distribution of elite players at the top or one guy who is so much more valuable than everyone else, which one would you take? Which scenario? One guy more dominant. Why? I like greatness. If I have that guy on my team, I'm You have a 1 in 12 shot of having him on your team. I'd take that 1 in 12 shot. (laughs) I don't even believe you. I think you're just disagreeing with me for the sake of it. Would you rather win a billion dollars or 500 grand? completely different analogy and I'd rather win 500 grand because people hate billionaires so I, I, I want to be loved alright everybody we'll talk to you tomorrow with wide receivers thanks so much donate to St. Jude tinyurl.com slash FFT donate see ya